we're taking on these projects ourselves. So I've noticed a lot of times that the higher end items make it a little easier to install mm. or even something like a grout that's pre-mixed rather than mixing it yourself. We can spend a little bit more and have that done. Those type of shortcuts do help us in the long run, the time saver and yeah. uh, just make it a little bit easier. Welcome back to Retail Oriented Retail Fans. I am your host, Mike Fowler. I am the VP of Retail Strategy here at the Sales Factory. And we're really lucky because today on this episode, we're joined by not one, but two special guests, Anjali and Janae. Thank you so much for joining us. Anjali and Janae are first time home buyers. Uh, They're engaging in some DIY projects on their houses right now. We're gonna hear a lot about that. It's an interesting time because for the first time in the history of our country, millennials are now outpaced facing any other generation in home ownership. So we want to hear from them what they're interested in, how their retail shopping experience is going, how their DIY projects are going, et cetera. So it's going to be an interesting episode. Guys, thank you so much for joining us. Of course. Thank you for having us. Anjali, to start us off, kind of tell us a little bit about your current situation. First time house, what projects are you going after? Just kind of give us a little bit of your background here on this. Sure. So we bought our house about seven years ago. And since then, we've done smaller projects, uh, retiling the bathroom floor, replacing hardwood in the main living spaces. Right now, what we're doing is uh, renovating the kitchen all on our own uh, with a little bit of help. But (laughs) yes, it's a big project that we planned for, for about a year or two now. <laughs> wow. Yep. That's a big undertaking. It is. All right. We're going to ask some more questions about that. Janae, so tell us a little bit about your project. Tell us about your house. What are you undertaking today? Yeah, sure. Um, so we bought our house about two years ago now, pushing on three years. Um, we've done small projects here and there. The biggest project that we have undertaken, which we're still doing a little bit, is painting our entire house, right? Um, which was really nice. When we moved to the apartment, we had some time between our lease and buying that we were able to paint without furniture in the house, which was really nice, yeah. um, very convenient. Um, so that was just a big undertaking in itself. But right now we're kind of working on some of the other big areas like our basement. We would love to refresh our ceiling. So that's definitely coming up in the near future. A lot of um, first-time home buyers, millennial, younger buyers, they're now buying older homes. Like, so we're seeing this as a trend across home purchases where they're buying older houses that have got some fixer-upper projects. When you purchased your home, did you feel like there is a huge list of projects that you wanted to tackle? Or did it kind of start small and start to escalate and grow as you got into your home and started to uncover like, oh, these are all the things that I wanted to do. Anjali, have you experienced any of that? No, absolutely. Uh, in the beginning, it was the small things, yeah. such as uh, let's paint this wall or you know touch up this area. The bathroom tiles came in first, and then slowly, slowly started adding. That list grew longer and longer. It came to installing new ceiling fans and lighting, and now we're at the kitchen phase. So it, it kind of grew and evolved. Also, also trends too. We were looking at what was going on now, uh, trying to update the older features of the house and make it more in style. I guess. Yeah, that's interesting. Interesting. As mm-hmm. you are are there, trends are changing, projects that you're wanting to tackle are changing, and 
it evolves and it tends to grow, right? I, I know yeah. for me, it's always been a, it's never done type of thing. It's always something, there's always something to work on. Oh, for sure. And also it depends on your lifestyle too. When we first purchased the house, our children were younger. And so certain projects weren't so important, but now that they're older, other projects we put in, you know, such as uh, we had a bonus room, which was carpeted. We don't need the carpet anymore. We took it out and put hardwood floors in since the kids were a little bit bigger, you know, seeing crayon stains or marker stains wasn't a, you know, a concern anymore. So sure. we evolve, our lifestyle changes. So the house changes with us. <laughs> yeah. And work from home has kind of evolved during that time frame as well. So when you were purchasing your home and kind of thinking about projects was a space in the house to work from part of that consideration. Janae, did you guys think through that? Um, not at the time. So I was completely in office at the time two years ago. Um, I definitely didn't think I was going to um, transform my bonus room into an office space, but yep. I do enjoy it. I do love it now. It's kind of my own personal um, office myself. My husband has his own room because we we do not have kids right now. So we are kind of taking advantage of the space, kind of having our own personal spaces um, currently with the bonus rooms. And of course with um, our dogs, they have their own space too. So it's been kind of nice just to see how our house has evolved to our liking because yeah. um, as far as previous owners, they did have kids. So that was the biggest move for our biggest project with painting with all of our rooms being different colors of green and purple <laughs> and pink and things like that so um we definitely just had to switch it over to our lifestyle it's interesting and now we're all spending more time in our homes it seems like with work from home so making it our own is really important because it's what you know we were spending so much time there whereas we used to spend all of our time in the office <laughs> and be at home in the evenings and stuff. So that's kind of motivated a lot of projects, I think, for a lot of folks. When you were kind of thinking about purchasing your home to kind of step back, what was motivating the purchase? probably the biggest thing that we had taken into consideration was the space. So we are big dog owners. We love our big dogs. Um, but of course they do obviously take up a lot yeah. of space. So being in a two bedroom apartment, it doesn't allow, you know, much space for them to run around. Even of course being outside, they don't have their own personal space. Um, so that was a huge drive for us to want to have our own home, obviously our own yard and things for them to enjoy as well, but also just looking for investment. So we, you know, just based on what you had said previously, we were looking to um, purchase an older home that we could invest in so that hopefully, you know, years down the road that it would be a really great return on our um, investment of time and profit that we put into the house. So I would definitely say those are the two biggest drives for our home purchase two years ago. So. Yeah. Yeah. That makes perfect sense. Anjali, <laughs> any, any other factors that you guys were thinking about as you were sure. thinking um, it through? Other than kids growing up and needing yeah. more space, the big uh, push was the low interest rate at the time. Oh, yeah. Our mortgage ended <laughs> we remember up those. <laughs> a long time ago. But yeah, the interest rate was uh, made it so that our mortgage was cheaper than renting. Yeah. <laughs> so it was right. a no-brainer. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Wow, that's that's changed in the past couple of years. It so, um, But really interesting, like motivating factors. So you guys get into your homes. You, you start kind of getting settled in and start working on projects. What were kind of the, the big things that you guys wanted to tick off first? And then, Anjali, you talked about kitchen and stuff now, but what are the things that you're thinking about now and next uh, in terms of home projects and DIY projects? 
Janae, you want to start us off on that one? Sure. So, um, like I said, there's we still have some progression with the whole painting and finishing up everything. Um, I feel like we feel pretty good as far as the upstairs go. Um, we've done some kitchen renovations, not necessarily as much. I'm sure you'll talk more about it as well. Um, but as far as appliance goes, just kind of getting everything updated um, cool. since everything was you know really up, um, out of date when we first moved in. Um, but definitely tackling our basement. So it is it would be considered a finished basement, but um, we have completely replaced all the flooring. We wanted to do new carpets because of course we've seen that it was really outdated. Um, I believe that they had also had dogs too, so you could tell it was just time to replace it. So we did yeah. that. Um, and then what we're gonna do next is sheetrock the basement because right now it's just fully brick. So really just kind of turning that into a really fun area yeah. for entertainment and things like that um, will definitely be a big project that we'll take on sometime soon. That's a pretty big project. Are you guys going to be taking on all of that project or some of it? How are you guys thinking about how you're going to tackle the, the basement? Um, I believe that watching enough YouTube videos, I think we can kind of take on, but it just depends on um, <laughs> as we really start to plan that project out just to see if we do need to contract any help out. But um, primarily, we will start that project by ourselves. Okay. That's cool. I want to come back to that YouTube comment because that's that's interesting <laughs> in terms of how people are learning about mm -hmm. projects these days. Anjali, what about you? What projects were kind of first on the list? Mm -hmm. What have you tackled and what's next coming down the pipe? And, and mention the kitchen too. That, that's a big one for a lot of folks. Sure, sure. So when we did first purchase the house, Kitchen was actually at the top of my list, but that wasn't something that we could tackle, especially yeah. with the young kids. It was not something we could do because we know we wanted to do it ourselves. Uh, so we did start with smaller projects, uh, such as retiling the bathroom floor and then the hardwood floors and things like that, the ceiling fans. Um, so the kitchen's going on currently as we speak. Um, but the next project after that will be uh, taking out the carpet that we have all upstairs and on the stairs too, yep. and refinishing our stairs and make it look much nicer with hardwood floors and things like that. After that, I would love to see more done to the backyard too. So we want to focus okay. on the outside of the yeah. house. Yeah. Yeah. We always kind of think about projects that are happening in the home, but there's a ton of projects that are happening around the home, right? Mm -hmm. Tons of landscaping things and patios and fire pits and all that kind of thing to kind of make the outside fun and, and a great place to be as well. Mm -hmm. So pulling out carpet, refinishing hardwoods, are you guys trying to tackle that yourselves? Because that's a big project too. <laughs> I think at this point we can create our own YouTube channel with everything that we've done, but yes, we will be doing it ourselves as well. <laughs> wow. So these families are tackling some pretty big projects, guys. If, if you're talking about refinishing a basement, pulling out carpet, refinishing hardwood floors, doing kitchens and stuff like that, y'all are taking on some big things. I probably need to call you up, whenever. <laughs> I know, you we might to want to start collaborating and, and sharing some ideas here. <laughs> Talk a little bit about how are you learning about these projects? How are you making decisions about what comes next and where do you purchase, all those kinds of things. So how are you learning about them first? Are you getting inspiration from friends and family, online? What's what's kind of driving these projects. Angela, you want to talk a little bit about that? Sure. For us, it's about our needs. What do we need right now? Obviously, the kitchen was something we needed earlier on, but now we're at that point that we have that confidence to do it. The inspiration came from walking, doing walking into the stores and seeing what's out there, a little bit of research online, also visiting newer homes to see what's trending. Yeah. That also helped a lot. My style is more of timeless. I want something that's going to look 
good for the next 15, 20 years and not yeah. just in the now. So that that's kind of how we've been learning now the actual process of it. We watched a lot of YouTube videos <laughs> and the best was being able to talk to professionals, which comes is, isn't as easy as it sounds, you know, yep. talking to people in the stores or even designers. If we meet a, a kitchen designer that we're able to talk to them about, hey, how, what do you think? How do you do this? What's easier to use? And yeah. and those type of questions come up um, as as through our journey. <laughs> yeah. When you are talking to designers or contractors or pros, do you ever engage with them online, like social media type thing? Or is it all like, hey, happen to be standing next to this person at a cookout or in the store or whatever and kind of chat with them and pick their brain that way? Or is it both? Not so much online, mostly face-to-face. If um, certain stores uh, have services where you can talk to a professional or you can set up a design consult, uh, that's where I like to get a lot of my information. Right now what's happening is I'm picking uh, Backsplash and I'm talking to a designer and I like to feel the Backsplash, look at it, how do I clean it, how do I install it, those type of things. Actually being able to -to face-to-face talk to someone is more valuable for me. That's how I learn. And are you doing, you're doing that in the store? In the kind of with some of their design services and stuff. Yes, that's impactful, guys. So as you're thinking about investing in what's happening at the store level, these designers and the the efforts that retailers have made to put design services at the fingertips of all of their DIYers, it's paying off because you guys are actually using it. That's that's really interesting to hear. We always want to understand like what are all the initiatives that retailers are doing and putting out there, and are they working? Is it paying off in sales and learning and and consideration at the store level. So that's cool stuff to hear. Janae, how about you in terms of inspiration and where the needs and the drivers are coming for some of these projects? Yeah, so I would probably have to second to some of the things that Anjali talked about as far as some of the trends being more timeless than it is just right now. Just personally for my family, it sounds like for yours as well, that just seems like a waste of money, right? So we want our investments to really pay off in the long run so that we're not constantly changing something every single year, right? So that would kind of just be a waste of time and money. Um, As far as inspiration goes, I feel like when we first started our projects about two years ago, when we first had our home, social media was big. I mean, TikTok when COVID came about was (laughs) huge. huge. Um, So there was a TikTok for every single DIY project, something small or big. Again, YouTube is, I mean, there's a YouTube video for honestly every single thing. So um, at that point, you know, we can definitely teach ourselves just by watching all the videos and things on social media. So those have been really great resources for us just to learn new things, um, but also from our neighbors. So in our neighborhood, we do have some older homes. Of course, like I said, we did purchase an older home, but we have a lot of younger families. So yeah. they're doing a lot of outside work and inside work. So it's been nice just to be able to talk to people that have similar home styles yeah. to us um, so that it really gives us a good idea on what projects are realistic for our homes. You know, one of our very future big, big projects is to change the siding on our house. So our neighbor in front of us just did it. And I love the style that they did. So um, we've been talking a little bit about um, talking with them a little bit about their project. So um, hopefully in the future, maybe that can be something for us too. That's cool. See an inspiration directly across Mm -hmm. the street or next door. That's always a good one. (laughs) I have a question for you on that. So you you mentioned kind of social media and seeing all this stuff and there's a a TikTok for every project. Do y'all's algorithms now feed you home projects or is it other (laughs) passion things? Because I will speak personally Mm -hmm. and say, My wife, she fusses at me when I change the algorithm from like home decor and design stuff and architectural digest, which is what she wants the YouTube channel to give us. 
to bicycle stuff, which is what <laughs> I want the YouTube channel to do. And she's like, you are messing up the algorithm. It's not like showing me all my home decor things anymore. So do y'all give you what you're looking for? Is it all for the home most projects? Part, I think home in general between cooking is just a really big passion for me. But again, that just goes into kitchen projects and yeah. then other home <laughs> projects. So, but yes, I will fuss at my husband if he starts to look at different dog videos and yeah. you know, all of his other interests. I'm like, I need my home videos. So I, I completely understand your wife's frustrations. <laughs> <laughs> well, the yeah. kitchen projects, yeah, that just sparks yeah. another project mm -hmm. idea. It's like, I want to cook, but I'm going to need it to look like this yep. in the background while I'm cooking, <laughs> exactly. right? Talk us through kind of how you guys are making decisions in terms of purchases for these home projects. You kind of get inspiration. You're, you're probably learning and asking people to figure out, is this something I can do myself or do I need to hire somebody? And then you're thinking, okay, what are the materials that I need to complete this project? So how are you guys approaching the purchase process for these projects? Anjali, do you want to kind of start us off on that? And oh, sure. Just talk us through like your decision tree a little bit. Oh, absolutely. Um, back to the backsplash. Uh, one of the stores that we were uh, looking at the tile, talking to the designer, they also offered those clinics, the how-to clinics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was amazing because it really gave us the confidence that we can do this. They showed us what to purchase, how much we're going to need. They asked us our square footage of the yeah. what the area were of the project. And that confidence boost just helped a lot. Like, okay, we can have this, we can do this. And also we had a name to someone who is a professional. So if we had any questions, he was even kind enough to give us his business card that we can even call him wow, mid-project. Cool. Yeah. Um, so that was very helpful and gave us that confidence that yes, we can do this. Also to give ourselves enough time, you know, this might not be a weekend project. It might take uh, several more sure. days. So just yeah. to be realistic with that, um, that helped give us enough time to work on the project, not feel rushed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So when you went through that project, did you kind of make all of the purchases with this one retailer because everything was, you know, soup to nuts all right there for you in terms of learning, purchasing, and then assistance and customer support if it's needed? Yeah, absolutely. It's a kind of like a one-stop shop. You know, why shop around at this point? We got everything we need. We just want to get our project going. So at that point, they made it so easy. They gave us a checklist, like these are the things that you're going to need and how much you're going to need it. And we just went from there. So yeah. So didn't if, look at cost. <laughs> if you are a merchant at a retailer and you're listening to this right now, you may be thinking, okay, there is value in helping to educate our consumers and helping them walk through these projects, provide them with a checklist. Here's all the things that you're going to need because that stuff is turning into sales for you guys. You made all your purchases at that one retailer. So that's, yeah. that's good information. Janae, how about you in terms of how are you approaching uh, once you've decided you're going to do a project, how are you approaching? Let's take the painting, for example, where you're getting your colors and your mm -hmm. paints and samples and brushes and all the stuff that you need to do because painting a whole house is a big project that that takes a lot of time and a lot of patience. Right. Um, <laughs> so how are you deciding where you're going to get all your stuff to do that? Yeah. So, um, I feel like when we first started our projects, cause a couple of years ago, when we first bought the house, um, definitely approached a lot of projects through a trial and error lens. Um, okay. I think that me and my husband are just, you know, those kind of go-getter spirits. Let's just go ahead and get it done. Yeah. Um, you know, there's pros and cons to, you know, everything. <laughs> so, um, sure. There's lots of, um, mistakes that we probably made when we first started, but, um, I definitely feel like our approach with projects now is definitely, um, taking a lot more time for preparation as far as going through different supplies, different brands, 
options? What are they going to offer us if we use this? Is it more cost effective? Is it going to be, um, can we reuse our paint brushes instead? You know, yeah. if you constantly are, you know, painting, um, you think that maybe let's just buy the disposable ones. But if you're doing a whole house, that obviously is very costly. So maybe just, you know, investing in some of those higher end products um, that you can actually reuse is actually better off if you're going to do such a large project as painting an entire house. So I have definitely tapped into lots of more professional resources when I do go into the store, um, just talking with them just to see their, um, you know, their lens of expertise on different paint brands or how I should approach this or how many gallons, I would say. Uh, yes. <laughs> that was probably yeah. me. My <laughs> husband and I's biggest thing when we first were, of course, purchasing the paint is just underestimating how much paint we were going to need to mm. use for, you know, our entire house. So definitely we've learned from that, but, you know, definitely the um, professional resources at the stores have helped a lot as well. That's cool. So when you're thinking about, you, you mentioned kind of especially with brushes being able to reuse and so maybe purchasing a little nicer brush rather than the disposable or the you know the cheapest option out there when you were thinking about paint how did you make a decision between because I know there's a lot of different you know tiers mm -hmm. of paint between good better best extra best extra 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 best like they they've made paint very complicated um <laughs> these days how did you make a decision on like what was going to work best for you guys and is it the same for every room or did you make different decisions based on different rooms and different needs again just kind of based on what i was talking about with the brushes the two biggest factors is just cost and longevity yep. right um so as far as you know all the random paint brands in the world we wanted something that was going to be cost effective because we're doing the entire house yep. um, but at the same time we probably are not going to switch up the paint anytime soon we wanted it to be a timeless color that we didn't have to you know constantly update so as far as just primers go we definitely seen that maybe it didn't have to be the most expensive right because yep. all it's just going to be that first coat of paint but we needed a lot of primer with all the rooms being pink and green and yellow yeah. and whatever the case is. Um, so we did, so, so that was obviously a necessity at that point, that primer, you know, I know some people can get away with just the one coat of, you know, whatever yeah. color that they're looking yeah. for, but um, with those harsh colors, not necessarily. So, um, but as far as our finished coat goes, we wanted it to be a little bit more of a higher quality um, just cause we wanted it to, you know, last a little bit longer. So it might have cost, you know, a few more dollars here and there, but um, I believe in the long run it'll, um, technically pay off. So. Yeah. Yeah. What were the things that were helpful to you guys in making decisions about what you were going to purchase that wasn't an associate or wasn't a person that was directing to you? Was it packaging? Was it a commercial that you saw? Was it a YouTube? What were the things that kind of factored into your decision? I would have to say uh, display in the okay. store was super helpful. Having photos on the packaging about how the product will look once installed. Yeah. Uh, I'm just thinking of one uh, recess lights that we installed. They had a how-to instruction. Another one I really like is a QR code, yeah. which direct directed me to videos on how to install. And the videos were quick and easy. It wasn't you know, no fluff, you know, things yeah. like that. But I would have to say uh, reviews too. So yeah. once we okay. would look at it, I was able to look up reviews right there in the store and see, okay, what do other people say about this? Is it easy to install? Uh, how does it work? And things like that. That was helpful in making decisions on which brand to use, which type to use. Did you ever find a product that you were interested in and thinking you were going to go for, look up reviews and then change your mind? Yes. 
Mm. Yes. Tell me a little bit about that. Absolutely. One was faucets okay. that we had to, we were replacing a faucet and um, I'm in the store, I'm looking at it. It looks great. Display looks great. And I wasn't ready to make a purchase just yet, but I took pictures of yeah. what I liked, two or three of them. And then when I had more time, you know, maybe the next day I did look up reviews and that deterred me from mm. making the decision of buying that particular brand. So okay. chose a different brand based on reviews. They mm-hmm. matter. Yes, right? they it's, do. it's our current 2023, almost 2024 word of mouth is those reviews, right? Because mm-hmm. we're not always talking to our neighbor every day or our family members. And so we're leaning on other people to to get our <laughs> advice on, is this a good decision or not? Janae, talk us through a little bit about what's helped you make your purchase decisions, both online and in the store, other than the people that you've talked to. Obviously, you've talked to paint desk people, you've talked to probably pro desk and, and professionals as well. What are the other things that are kind of helping to influence your decision, whether it's packaging or videos or social or talking to a friend? What are the things you know, outside of the store and the store associates that are helping you make a decision on a product? I would say like displays and packaging is really important. Of course, I feel like we all navigate the world, of course, with our eyes. If it's eye-catching, we're definitely going to lean towards it. Um, But reviews are huge for me. So um, I promise you I will never buy a product if it doesn't have a review. So Wow. (laughs) Okay. um, Because I think I have just had way too many bad experiences with something that may even have one or two reviews, right? Reviews are so powerful. I feel like they should be to everybody. I've definitely convinced my husband that he needs to look at reviews when he orders things too. Um, But that has been the biggest influence on a lot of my purchases, especially weighty ones as far as different, you know, tools for projects or just in general for anything in our home um, at this point. But reviews are just the biggest motivator of our purchase at all. Yeah. So how are you making a a decision or are you making a conscious decision on when do you look at reviews? Do you look at them on everything or is it like, is there a threshold or a comfort level of a project or a brand that kind of triggers, I'm going to look at some reviews on this. Have you thought about that at all? I'd say it would probably be the cost. Okay. So, you know, I might I not look at a review for something might, that might be 5 to $50. Again, yeah. it just depends on the product, but I would say probably in that range. Probably if I'm spending more than $50 on something that is either like a tool or something that I really need specifically for a project, I'm going to, you know, want to look at the reviews for it. So I'm not wasting my time and money for this specific tool for the specific project that I may never, never have to use again. So, okay. Are there ever times when you're familiar with a brand and you've used them before you had a good experience and you don't look at reviews because you trust the brand? Sure. Definitely. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I've already had kind of the experience of using either the brand or similar type products with maybe even the same brand or just products in general. Um, I probably won't look at a review. Okay. So experience and Mm -hmm. trust um, can kind of factor into that as well, whether or not you're going to review it and research it more and kind of dig down deep. This is an interesting one, and this will peel back some layers of the DIY (laughs) onion on maybe not the best experiences. If you had it to do all over again, purchasing your home, doing a project, would you do anything different? And kind of talk us through that. Janae, you want to talk us through that one first? Yeah, probably plenty. (laughs) I would. Um, As far as having the home, I love it. You know, I love being able just to have a space that I call my own to Mm -hmm. do the projects and things like that. Um, But like I said earlier, definitely just taking a little bit more time to prepare some of those big projects um, just to kind of count out all the costs, definitely the time, the effort that goes into the project so you're not getting burnt out doing the projects too soon or too fast um, would probably be the biggest things that I would want to 
revisit if I had to do it all over again. I'm going to put you on the spot and I'm going to ask you, was there one project that you look back on and you're like, I would either not do that or I want to do it a different way? Um, I will say, so trial and error, right? So me and my husband started, um, we wanted to do like a little rock patio outside yep. of our, um, outside of our porch area because we wanted to have a nice area for our grill and some other furniture sure. yeah. um, outdoors. So we didn't use the best weed barrier for uh -huh. the okay. area. Yep. Um, so I'm sure you could guess what happened since we didn't do that, that of course weeds were to grow over it. So that was a huge hassle for us to fix the issue, to yeah. redo it, um, dig up the rocks and things like that. So um, if we had to do that over again, I would have invested in a obviously very durable and probably much more costly weed barrier for that project. <laughs> yeah, that's a uh, trial and error learning experience. It's not Definitely. It's not fun at all. <laughs> Anjali, what about you? Were there any projects or anything that you look back on and you're like, I would do that different or I want to do that one, do that one over? <laughs> yes, uh, we had installed uh, those custom cabinets in the in the uh, closets yeah okay. like, i guess they're called closet organizers yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, we thought yeah this should be a piece of cake and started nailing things in only yeah. to realize oh they're not on the studs and we had to take things uh, down we had oh, to gosh. open up the drywall and it was a mess a weekend project turned into two weeks <laughs> and so when we had started that project we didn't do enough research at that time so that was, and that happened to be the master closet too that we did. So it was the <laughs> largest one. But oh since then, from everything that we did learn, we were able to tackle all of the other uh, three other closets. And those were done in no time because we learned from our mistakes. But that's one yeah. that I would redo <laughs> for sure. It sounds like you both could have a YouTube channel for <laughs> doing all these projects. You guys would be stars on that, I'm sure. Have you guys found that when you're approaching a project, the trial and error and the bad experiences have given you guys a little bit of a process for how you approach research and everything is, is that changed over time or is yeah. it different by different projects? Yeah, I guess so. It just depends. Like I said, I mean, cost is a huge thing for, I guess, for any project, but, um, I would say that we probably don't go with always the cheapest option, right? I mean, you know, mm -hmm. you're buying your first home, you think that everything is great and glory, the packaging might be great, you know, right? So you can't always just look at it from the outside. You need to do a little bit more research yeah. about the product or the tools that you're going to use, um, see how long they're going to last and, you know, things like that. So it has definitely taught us to just take some more time to do our research for the specific things that we're purchasing for the project of course yeah yeah i just wanted to add to that one of the things that i learned is that we're taking on these projects ourselves so it's okay to instead of buying the you know most affordable uh, tools or material we can go a little bit more higher end because yes we're doing it ourselves and I've noticed a lot of times that the higher end items make it a little easier to install mm. or even something as something like a grout that's pre-mixed rather than mixing it yourself. We can spend a little bit more and have that done. Those type of shortcuts do help us in the long run, the time saver and yeah. uh, just make it a little bit easier. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Sometimes easier makes it the outcome a little bit better too, right? So you're not fussing with grout or whatever, and then you've got different yes. mixture Anyways, yeah, that's a, that's a whole thing. This has been a great conversation, but I never let any guest go or two guests go without some hot seat questions. So I just want you guys to fire back the first thing that pops into your head, <laughs> okay. right? So, and since there's two of you, you got to both respond and no cheating. So okay. don't think about it too much if you can help it. Do you ever miss 
apartment life and would you ever go back Absolutely. no never not even like no okay I need answered my space. at the same time i need my space my dogs need to run around they're way property. better you know when they when they have all their energy out because they can run around in the yard yeah. and they have their own space and all the maintenance issues that come with a home and taking that on yourself i couldn't i would never change it yes Never change it. All right. That's good. That's going to motivate more people to do it. Um, (laughs) If money were no object, what would be the project that you would want to tackle? Like what's the next renovation that you guys would want to do? You want to go first? Sure. So um, like I mentioned earlier with our neighbors changing the outside of their Uh, home, we have a very similar style. So right now we have the... um, I believe it's called our vinyl cedar shake on the outside. So it's like half oh, brick yeah. in that. So yep. um, in all, I love a brick house. I'd love for it to be all brick, but I'm not sure if, you know, behind the siding it gives to that. Um, but I would love to switch it over to, um, I think it's like a brick and mortar siding. Instead, it okay. looks a little bit more modern, looks yeah. a little bit more updated. So I would love to do that sometime soon. Okay, cool. Like okay. the neighbors are doing. Yeah, I think it's good. <laughs> <laughs> um, if money was no object, yeah. then I would build a new house. Oh. <laughs> Tear it down and start over. I just now, start that's a big over. DIY project. Yeah, right. That I will not be doing ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> we will contract that out, but yes. Okay, cool. Same place, just start over? Exactly. Wow. All right, cool. One trend that you will be happy to see the back of that you don't want to see anymore that you want to want to go away. What's, what's the trend that you just don't like? The all white everything that... <sighs> is color is beautiful so i don't i don't know i don't get the whole all white everything (laughs) i get it i get it i have to say popcorn ceilings i know that it's (laughs) i know that it's in many homes and i know that there's a lot of you know obviously newer homes that are not having that for obvious reasons sure we have one more room (laughs) and it will be done away with at some point but it's just i just can't stand it it's just not the look (laughs) well you're doing it you're making that trend go away good one room at a time that's awesome and and i understand both of those because we've got some popcorn ceilings got rid of those and then my wife is on the same page the all white and black like modern boxes she just isn't into it she's like that's going to go out of style i just want timeless like you guys like right (laughs) because it's a better investment because it'll last longer well thank you guys so much for joining this was an absolute (laughs) pleasure of a conversation thank you for having us thanks so there you have it, a great conversation with some first-time home buyers and really heavy DIYers about how they're making purchase decisions in the store and online, how they're utilizing uh, in-store services that retailers are providing. Some great information for both manufacturers as well as retailers to learn about how DIYers are interacting with products and how they're making decisions in the store. We love to to understand stuff like that because it's all about the retail world. Um, If there is anything that you guys would like to hear about in, in the retail channel, please reach out to us. My email is mike.fowler at salesfactory.com. Leave a little comment in the comments below this video. And don't forget to hit the like and subscribe button, the little bell icon so that you always know when there's a new retail-oriented podcast out there for you. And when you're thinking about the retail channel, don't forget, it's always about selling in and selling through.